an ode to Miguel Cabrera. All today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, October 2nd, two thousand. And 23, thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Be sure to swing for the fences with sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers, terms of use for details, currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Well, here we are. Um, welcome back. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, the tears have been flowing today, as I'm sure they are for thousands and thousands of people uh, and, and Tigers fans across the country and uh, definitely very prevalent in the city of Detroit, obviously. Um, I don't think I've ever cried on air. I don't think I've done that yet, but we'll we'll see where the next half hour takes us. Um, you know, I, I, I've been debating for about a year now really longer ever since we found out that this was going to be the end uh, I've been debating in my head how I was going to handle his retirement on the show Um, I knew how I was going to handle it as a fan because I I I am always and forever a fan of this team uh, you know first and foremost and so I I knew that I was just going to cry like a baby, and <laughs> that was just going to be my, my reaction to the situation. I, I, I wasn't worried about how I was going to handle that, um, but I, I, I was, I've been debating for a while, like a long while, about how I, I wanted to format the show and, and incorporate his retirement in it. Uh, was it just going to be a segment at the end uh, of one episode? Was it going to be... Uh, an, an entire episode? Was it just going to be something we talk about, but like, you know, we still really talk about, we recap the weekend, you know, the series still, but it's just like, it's talked about, obviously it's impossible to avoid, but like, it's just kind of like a conversation piece. And then, you know, a couple of months ago, I, I pretty much came to the conclusion that I was going to do a whole episode for it. And I was confident in that and I felt good about it. Then I started debating like when though, you know, is it, uh, is it later? Do I do like the first week after the season ends? Do I do all the off season kind of recap stuff we have to start going over, you know, final weekend series recap, uh, the, the front office is going to speak here, uh, early this week, you know, we're going to have to recap those comments, that press conference, um, talk about like off season expectations, do season pre like review, right? Like how pass and fail for this season, like all that stuff that we're going to end up getting to where does Miguel Cabrera's episode fit into that? Is it going to be a week later? Was it going to be a couple you know days later? I didn't really know the answer to that until Sunday. Uh, and, and there was just no way that this could have waited. There, there was no way. And um, I, I think it just would have been looming and it would have been kind of a distraction until we bid farewell. Gosh, which just, 
is really just I I can't believe it's here. You know, I I've been hosting this show for for about two and a half years now, and two and a half seasons at least, and like I've known this day's been coming for so long, um, and it and it did not help at all. <laughs> being, being prepared for it and knowing that it was coming did 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 not help even a little bit actually. Um, but I, I honestly, I'm not sad, and I, I know that so many people are, and, and and I, I'm not. I don't say that in like a, in in any other way other than just like how I'm feeling. Like I'm, I'm not sad. I'm, I, I'm reminiscent. I'm nostalgic. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that we are entering a new era. But I'm I'm not I'm not sad because it's time. Like it it is time, and I think that that's beautiful. I I think that that's so beautiful that there's there's a finite concrete ending to his career. There there was no are we going to play more games? Obviously, I would have loved to have made the playoffs, but like this is the last game, and. He didn't have a, you know, 1200 OPS. So everybody could be like, well, bring him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and he didn't, you know, he, he didn't suck either. He didn't retire in June because he was so awful. He was productive and he went out his own way and he was competitive until the end of the season. And I, I think there's something very beautiful about everybody knowing it's time, himself included. It's a hundred percent time. And that's that's a, a tearjerker thing to say, but it, it's it's so true, and it's I think it made the weekend significantly more beautiful than than it already was always going to be. So we're just going to kind of riff about Miggy. Really, that's going to be the entire episode. I don't have like an exact game plan uh, other than chronological. That that's really how I'm going to go about this. We're going to start at the beginning. Of uh, Miguel Cabrera's professional career, I guess his Tigers career mostly, obviously, and then we'll just see, we'll just see what happens. Uh, I I don't really know. I don't have a game plan. I didn't really want to game plan. I didn't want to write down exactly what I was going to say and and kind of just be robotic. I, I just want to take in this weekend for what it was, this career, this Hall of First Ballot Hall of Fame career for what it is this historic, you know, legend in the city of Detroit for what he is and and just see what words come out. <laughs> um the beginning is amazing because even though we couldn't give him a ring, he will go into the Hall of Fame as a World Series champion. And I I think the first highlight that everybody thinks with Miguel Cabrera is the Roger Clemens at bat. And I mean, there's so many scouting reports, Alavila. I know that's like, you know, we're done talking about Alavila. People don't like whenever I even say his name. Um, But like, you know, he talks about him, Miguel being the most just naturally gifted baseball player he'd ever seen in his life. There was no, mechanics to change there was no you know oh he needs a ton of work there's a ton of adjustments 
There's no taking super aggressive swings. It's all just effortless and powerful and so easy and just natural. And you saw it immediately. Um, young, young, skinny Miguel uh, with the Florida Marlins playing left field, third base. Um, and then, the, you know, there's, there's so many highlights that come to mind from them. But I think that's the, really the first one people realize. And then, you know, there's probably the intentional walk that he hit a single on <laughs> to, to right center field. And it, it, it's, it's, it's so incredible. Very rarely do we have not only players, but moments where while you're in them, you know, and, and while you're, you're watching a, a prospect for the first time, you're watching a player for the first time and you, and you just, you know, while you're watching the player or the moment or whatever it is in your brain, you, you have a conscious thought. You go, this is different, and I should remember this because this is going to be one of the greatest players to ever live. And the fact that that was so, I don't want to use the word universal, but like borderline universal at such a young age for him is remarkable. Um, and then the trade happened, and then he became a Detroit Tiger. And that's what we'll talk about. Right after I tell you all about our friends over at DoorDash. If you need fresh ingredients this week but don't have time to go to the store, try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. There's thousands of grocery stores to choose from, and you will find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. There's easy substitutions in the app. It's best-in-class customer support from DoorDash as well. Uh, they deliver the groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off of your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKDOWNMLB at checkout. It's a limited-time offer, and terms apply, so be sure to do it immediately. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees as well for your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKDOWNMLB. That's locked on MLB for 50% off of your first order with DoorDash. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow, baby. That's the thing. The, the, the game stopped, the show don't. All right. We'll still be at five a week for a while. I don't think. Uh, I don't think as a network, we will go down to three episodes a week for like a couple of months, certainly not until after the postseason. So uh, buckle up, baby. Still your team every day for the foreseeable future. We have so much fun stuff to talk about. I truly can't wait to uh, to, to get into that. But we need to we need to a just pay our respects to Miguel Cabrera. But um, we, we I don't want to have that looming. I, I don't want like, oh, like you haven't talked about Miggy yet or like, you know, we need to do this and this. I, I just. We, we need his major league baseball career is over. And so we need to just take a full half hour and talk about Miguel Cabrera, the baseball player one last time. That's so awful to say. Like I hate, I hate it. I hate saying that so much. Um, I, I truly, I, I don't hate very many things. I don't use the word hate very often. I hate saying that sentence, <laughs> um, but, but it's true uh, that this like we're not going to randomly talk about Miggy in like June of next season, right? Like the, 
this is it, man. Um, and he's staying with the organization. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That that's a great development. Very happy about that. But um, but like this is this is it. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. Okay, Detroit Tigers career. He gets traded to the Detroit Tigers. Let me pull up. I can't even remember all the names. And I'm sorry if that makes me fake, but like some of these names are so obscure. So traded by the Marlins, obviously him and Dontre Willis, December 4th, 2007, the Detroit Tigers for a, a list of players headlined, of course, by Andrew Miller. And the big headliner was Cameron Maben, who was believed to be one of the better outfield prospects in the game of baseball at the time. Along with Andrew Miller and Cameron Maben goes uh, starting pitcher Andrew Miller, by the way, goes Mike Ribello, Frankie De La Cruz, Dallas Trahern, and Burke B- Badenhop. That is the trade. Those names, for however good or 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 not great, whatever you want to think about all those men's careers, um, they will forever be linked to Miguel Cabrera and to the Detroit Tigers. And that's the beautiful thing about sport. And that's the beautiful thing about baseball. Those guys, whatever, you know, they appeared in 15 games. Some of them, some of them, not even that, but they'll be able to tell their grandkids that they were traded for Miguel Cabrera. And that's awesome. Um, Splashed onto the scene. uh, And that was, you know, we, we hit the ground running. Uh, Miguel Cabrera was phenomenal. Obviously that 2007 season is like a historic disappointment, um, but Miguel Cabrera was not one of the reasons why it was a historical disappointment, right? Like M- Miguel Cabrera, uh, from pretty much the second he stepped foot on the field was at the middle of the lineup bat for this team. Jim Leland made it very well known that he was the guy, uh, he, he was very vocal about that. This is the guy that we're building this offense around for the foreseeable future. And that's exactly what they did. And he worked his way up and then you hit peak Miguel Cabrera and, there in my lifetime he's he's the the one like that there's i i literally just gave like did i give myself goosebumps maybe that's like a conceited thing to say but like that's like he he's he was the one man like he you know in the in the 30 for 30 the bad boys 30 for 30 bill lambeer has a quote when he's talking about isaiah thomas and he says isaiah thomas was the one he was the one i was going to hitch my wagon to and I was going to drive and I was going to build something special with. That was Miguel Cabrera to the Detroit Tigers. He was the one. He was the one that all of the success was going to live or die by. He was the one that when you signed a player, you signed them based on where they would fit in the lineup around Miguel Cabrera. When you signed someone for defensive reasons, you architect the, the the architecture around the roster being built was completely around how can we maximize Miguel Cabrera's value we need more leadoff hitters great we're going to trade Prince Fielder for Ian Kinsler so that we have somebody on base more for Miguel Cabrera being up we sign Prince Fielder we want to protect Miguel Cabrera so he actually gets thrown balls in the strike zone more Whatever reasoning you want to give any of those big signings back in the day, any of those trades DD made back in the day, he was the one. And 
the Triple Crown season is one of the most unforgettable seasons that will ever happen in my lifetime. I will never forget it. I will tell my kids. I will tell my grandchildren. And Lord willing, I will tell my great-grandchildren about the time that I saw Miguel Cabrera win the Triple Crown. And I will tell them, gosh, I'm going to cry. Dang it. I will tell them about the Kansas City Royals series. I, I, I will tell them. I, I will tell my family for generations about watching him walk off the field on the road against a division rival and get a standing ovation. And to just take it all in stride. He's like grinning and like giggling as he's walking off the field because it's Miguel Cabrera. Never wanted the spotlight on him. Another thing, um, which just throughout his career was a reoccurring theme. I think you see it in that moment when he's walking off the field of Kansas City. You saw this entire final season, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later, but it's it's Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, man. Greatest right-handed hitters of my lifetime. There you go. Bang, bang. One, two. Easy. Not even really close. Anybody else. No one else is in there, is in their class in my life. And the fact that one of those two guys played for my baseball team for well over a decade is something that I will never take for granted. And I will forever be thankful for. I I, I will never, <laughs> ever forget the the prime Miguel Cabrera era and just truly how remarkable he was to watch on the baseball field. And we can list highlights, right? We can list the, the Mariano Rivera AB. We can list the, the at home against Kansas City, the opposite field home run. He's unbelievable. Shout out Rod Allen, man, the dog. We can list all these highlights. But... Do you just remember how he made you feel when he was in the batter's box? Right? That's that's another cheesy quote that people love. I love it too. I don't say cheesy in a derogatory way. But like no one's ever going to remember the things that you say. No one's ever going to remember the exact quotes that you have. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Do you just remember the feeling of prime Miguel Cabrera in the batter's box. Every single time he stepped in the batter's box, in the back of your head, you went, something unbelievable is about to happen. Something remarkable could be right around the corner. And he had the triple crown in 2012, and then he had a better season in 2013. He was literally better in 2013. And one of the biggest travesties in the history of this beautiful organization that I love dearly, more than just about anything on this planet, is the fact that Miguel Cabrera will go into the Hall of Fame without having a Detroit Tigers World Series ring on his resume. Because, goodness. And, and you know, people love, you know, you point to the, you know, he was the last, he, you know, he, he struck out in the final out in 2012. And, 
was he was he that good in the World Series, etc. And it's like that's fine, you, you know, if you want to be a contrarian, that's fine. But do you realize how how far away that team instantly becomes from even making the World Series without Miguel Cabrera, without the triple crown winner in the heart of that lineup? Realize how different the entire architecture and, and the production of that baseball team from 2011 to 2014 when we won the AL Central every single year is without Miguel Cabrera. It's preposterous. And then you have the downturn, and it's impossible to talk about the baseball career of Miguel Cabrera without talking about the fall. And we will talk about that as well. Right after I tell y'all about these ad transitions today are rough. (laughs) Right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Sleeper. MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your payout in cash on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Uh, Playoffs are right around the corner, man. It's fun. It's super fun. And with that, you can bet over, under, or more or less, on stats for stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, etc. It's awesome. It's quickly becoming Sleeper is one of the best sports apps in the entire planet. Uh, I use it for all of my fantasy leagues. I use it for daily fantasy now as well. The the app is great. It's awesome. It's easy to use. And if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you could get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. So we've talked about the peak. We've talked about how remarkable he was in the batter's box. And he's the greatest Tigers hitter I've ever seen. It's not even really close, right? I was born in the 90s. Who else? Like, who? Who? (laughs) Not even particularly close. But the remarkable thing about Miguel Cabrera is it doesn't matter how old you are. He's objectively a top two hitter you've ever seen. And in my opinion, it doesn't matter how old you are. He's the best Tigers hitter you've ever seen. But some people will push back on that. Some people are, are, you know, Al Kaline truthers. Obviously, no disrespect ever intended to Mr. Tiger himself. I wore six my entire life when I was growing up playing ball. Um, That's, that's, you know, my my favorite athlete of all time. But um, so even if, you know, you're Al Kaline through and through or, um, it, I don't know if you're 120 years old and, and, and you saw Ty Cobb play, maybe you're a truther there. Like, you know, how, it doesn't matter. But the, the fact that that objectively, if you're like 40 or younger, there's no argument. He's the greatest Tiger hitter you've ever seen in your life. And if you're older than that, it's an argument. <laughs> objectively, subjectively, whatever. He's objectively top two. And I think most people's subjectively still top one. He's unbelievable. And his prime is something that the electricity that he provided this city is something I will also never forget. Um, I've said this before, but, you know, (laughs) again, I'm I'm in my mid-20s. The last time Miguel Cabrera was not on my roster, I was in elementary school. And... Never 
was super loud about complaining about the direction the organization was headed, never complained about the the sell-off, never complained about the lack of competitiveness, never publicly like made a huge scene about, you know, where the Tigers were. And that's somewhat remarkable to me because and I know that not everybody agrees with this, but this is how I feel and, and to me it is it is so true and and to me it's 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 maybe i'm just stubborn but there there is no argument against my opinion on this and and that's that he was so wrongfully scapegoated by ownership and never said a word like and and uh, that that's that's just so remarkable to me because he was wrongfully scapegoated. The, the The organization has been using his contract as an excuse to not be competitive since I was in high school. I'm 25. Okay? It's at least seven years. That's pathetic. It's also a lie. Go look up this ownership group's net worth, <laughs> the profit margin of owning a baseball team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's, it's a lie <laughs> that, oh, well, we haven't, we, we haven't been able to pay anybody for the last seven years because, you know, Mickey contract, whoops, sorry, everybody. It's a lie. It always was a lie. It always will be a lie. Never clapped back at the organization for that. Now, you know, hard to clap back when they're they're still paying you, I, I guess. There's a fair rebuttal to that. But I'll be darned if there's not a lot of athletes out there that we know of that, that would have said something. It wouldn't have just rolled over quietly on that. And that when telling the story of Miggy, it, it's just it, I I will never leave that out. That this made up fairy tale story that the Tigers could never have been competitive and never have spent money and never have given out contracts as long as Miguel Cabrera's contract was on the books has always been and will always be absolutely preposterous and not even remotely close to true. You can go look at where they where they were ranked in payroll every year that he was on the roster. They haven't even been like a top 50% in MLB payroll in like years with him on the roster. They didn't want to spend. And they pointed the finger at Miguel Cabrera. Now, that doesn't mean that he was worth $30 million a year either. Okay. That's not what I'm trying to argue. The fall off was hard and it was devastating. I think for him as well. Um, it it was it was a very fall hard off, and we had to get the you know <laughs> uh, we we had to get the, uh, the the best shape of his life story every single year. That that's maybe that's the saddest part of this whole thing, man. We're not gonna get a Miguel Cabrera's in the best shape of his life uh, <laughs> article next spring. That 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 just hit me. That's kind of sad. Um, 
but yeah, it was a struggle and it was mostly injury based. Uh, that that's safe to say, but the, the remarkable thing about it was, you know, I wish that we had baseball savant and had these analytics we have access to now back in, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013. Cause I, I would love to see Miguel Cabrera's baseball savant page back then, but I, I, I not challenge, but I encourage you to go look at the earliest years available for Miguel Cabrera's baseball savant page. They're 2015 and 2016. When he was getting hurt all the time, he was perpetually injured, right? Like, you know, 2015, he was injured a boatload. 2016, certainly a lot as well, missed significant time. Uh, And yet his baseball savant page is still like 100th percentile, 98th percentile. And that's like very comfortably post-prime. Like he's not in the running for MVP. You know, he's making all-star games, but he's not like, you know, the premier of the premier, he's not like the best hitter in baseball anymore. He's not even close to it. And he's still just breaking stat cast. Again, just a testament to how great of a baseball player he truly was. And so um, I, I then there's been the last seven years, which has been a, a, a roller coaster. And there's been a lot of people that have gotten angry at him uh, because of the, you know, the contract and the production. And even if you're like, okay, yeah, like I agree, you know, they could have spent more money around him. I understand that, but like still wasn't happy with the production we were getting out of just pure value of 30 mil. There's no rebuttal to that, right? He, he, it was uh, pure production wise. It certainly wasn't what they paid for. Um, But I think the impact and and the figure of Miguel Cabrera, you know how many, le- I don't want to get into the business side of it, but you know how many less tickets the Detroit Tigers sell over the last seven years without Miguel Cabrera? Is it worth 30 mil? I don't know. A year? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I have no clue. Probably not, right? That feels weird off the top of my head. But like, do you know how much less money this organization makes over the last seven years without Miguel Cabrera? Saying that he had no value just because his le- his legs gave out and his back sucked is 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 preposterous. And he was the one. Again, he was still the one. He 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 was a shell of himself. But goodness gravy, you went to the ballpark in 2019 when this team lost 114 games. And you're playing those games, right, where you interview, like, kids around the ballpark and you put them on the jumbotron. You go, who's your tiger? Miguel Cabrera. (laughs) Obviously. Right? Obviously. Who else is my tiger on this 114 lost baseball team? Who else is my tiger on this team that, has gone seven years without a 500 record. Of course, it's Miguel Cabrera. And for so many people my age and younger, I've said it a million times, he was the one. And then we get to... This weekend. <laughs> and, you know, I, I guess a couple of years ago, too, there was really a, a, a switch kind of flipped for him 
where, you know, for a long time, people said, oh, he's not really the vocal leader in the clubhouse. He's the best player, but he's not the vocal leader. I think a few years ago that finally changed. And, and so many of the young players who have come through the organization really since COVID, I would say in the last three years, have have talked so highly of his clubhouse presence. And Spencer Torgelson's been the most vocal about, like he just embedded so much confidence into me that I didn't have when I was struggling my rookie year. And I think that that was important. I think that without that, maybe he doesn't get a follow-up job with the team either without proving that. But finding value when the thing that made you so great for so long just runs out. The athleticism just goes away. The legs go away. The back goes away. The bat speed goes away. Everything is taken from you on the baseball field. And to not just sit there and collect your check and do nothing and put in the work and not have a 490 OPS in your final season like you did in the first two months of the season and make adjustments and go out scratching and clawing and fighting for every single hit. I I can't think of a more Miguel Cabrera way to go out. And this weekend was awesome. And, you know, at times I thought it was a little over the top, <laughs> to be honest. And that's just my own, my, my own, you know, personality showing through. That, that was just, you know, they, they ain't no party like a Detroit party because a Detroit party don't stop, baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> Golly, did they pull out all the stops. Um, but, again, he's... He was the one. And like, it's not to say that this team didn't have incredible talent. Obviously they did. Victor Martinez put together one of the best single seasons of Detroit Tigers offense that, that we've ever seen. Um, I mean, we can go down the, we can just have a nostalgia trip and just go down. You know, Justin Verlander is obviously going to have his number retired. There's an argument. He's going to get a statue out there. We'll see what hat he wears going into Cooperstown. That's a whole different thing. But like that's Justin Verlander is obviously one of the greatest Tigers to ever live. You know, he drafted by the Tigers too means a little bit more to a lot of people, but um, I, again, <laughs> starting pitcher once every fifth day, Miguel Cabrera workhorse when he was healthy, playing every single game, not missing any time. MVP, MVP, triple crown. Every move they made was to get to Miggy. He was the one. And this weekend was awesome. And and the Detroit Tigers organization, I think, deserves a ton of credit. Um, the marketing department, the PR department, et cetera, go down the list. They, they all deserve a, a boatload of credit because um, this this went wonderfully. It went it went so wonderfully. It was such a great send-off. They did all the gifts on Saturday. The city of Detroit, man, that that that's what will make me cry. I I I love this city and these people so much. <laughs> I <laughs> I almost made it, you know. I I I love this city so much, man. 
And the amount of passion that these people have is is unbelievable. Um, and to give a proper send off to somebody who has given his heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears to this city, to us for, for so long, for 15 years, it's, it's just, it's so on brand for this beautiful, wonderful, incredible city that I get so defensive about it's, it's, it's unhealthy. Um, very quick way to get under my skin there, but it, it was, it, it was perfect down to the final play. It was perfect. He didn't get thrown a strike the entire game, by the way, which pissed me off. But two things. One, it was tweeted out by somebody. I wish I could give credit. I didn't write it down. That's complete. That's bad journalism on my part. That's my fault. Okay. I, I, that's, that's, I'm sorry for whoever did tweet it out. Um, I think it was a, a beat writer. Um, but somebody tweeted out, uh, <laughs> somebody in the Cleveland's like staff tweeted out, uh, that, you know, for as upset as some people may be that Miguel Cabrera's last at bat or last plate appearance, I should say was a walk. Um, you know, it's actually kind of fitting because for 15 years, Cleveland fans have been begging <laughs> the, the organization to just walk Miguel Cabrera every time he comes to the plate. And so, um, Ending on that note is, uh, it made me a lot happier about it. It made me, made me a lot happier about it. Um, putting him at first base. That's another thing. He's, you know, again, like I, obviously you talk about the offense and, uh, for most, uh, I, I know he made some good plays. He ranged far right, you know, a few times, right? Like, but for the most part, Miguel Cabrera for a majority a majority of his Tigers tenure was a, a not great defensive first baseman. And I simply don't care. Um, for the rest of my life, when someone asks me, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of first baseman for the Detroit Tigers? My answer until the day I stop breathing will be Miguel Cabrera. Simple as that. I tweeted it out and it will forever be true. He is my first baseman forever. Um, and to see, man, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Just the most perfect and beautiful game that's ever been created. Dan Dickerson said it best. The ball will find you, won't it? <laughs> the final play of Miguel Cabrera's career. Ranging to the right and beating the guy out at first. <laughs> Storybook stuff, man. So, um, that's the end. And that's where I fight back tears one more time because I, I don't want it to be the end. I don't want it to be the last time we talk about Miguel Cabrera. That's what I, that's what, what bothers me. Like, that's my job. My job is to talk about this baseball team. My job is to talk 
about the the, the most pressing issue or, or the most pressing storyline within the organization today, right? Your team every day. And the fact that there's a very real chance that Miguel Cabrera will never be the biggest storyline in the Detroit Tigers organization today ever again is heartbreaking. But I'll be darned if it wasn't a fun ride. Like I said, that, that's that's my entire childhood. I was in like fourth grade, I want to say. Yeah, fourth grade. And now I'm 25. And next year will be the first time since I was in third grade that Miguel Cabrera wasn't on my roster. He'll be around the organization. Yeah, he did get a front office role, assistant to the general manager or something like that. Uh, one of those type of roles. Him, Alan Trammell, and Jim Leland all have uh, similar, if not identical, roles. So we'll figure out what that kind of entails, what he's going to do for the team next year, for the organization going forward. But uh, he will remain within the organization. Hopefully he can give some advice uh, to some of these young hitters and uh, and whatnot. But that's wraps. I hope y'all enjoyed the Miguel Cabrera show. And I don't mean this show. I mean the career that was Miguel Cabrera because I know I did. And like I said, I, I will never take it for granted. I will never forget it. I will tell every generation of my family that I'm alive to meet about the time that Miguel Cabrera played for the Detroit Tigers. Detroit showed out, as they do. Dang right. I love this city forever. I love this team forever. And what a great way to go out. Again, knowing that it's time. It's, it is time. And he, the quote at the end, it's just so on brand too, you know, <laughs> he goes, thank you all. I'm out. <laughs> Very on brand. So we'll still see him around. He's not just disappearing forever, um, but he has played his last game as a member of the Detroit Tigers and as a major league baseball player. Um, thank you to Miguel Cabrera, obviously. Thank you to the city of Detroit for a nice, proper, beautiful send-off. I love you, Detroit. I really do. I love you, Tigers. Miguel Cabrera, the one. Heck of a ride. And uh, I'll shed more tears over you during your Hall of Fame induction speech. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Sorry for the length of this episode, um, but this is it. <laughs> I don't even want to hit end. Like we're we're done talking about Miggy after this, and I don't. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> um, but thank you for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back. 
obviously, uh, this week. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start off-season stuff, baby. Uh, next Tomorrow's episode is probably just going to be weekend, like, series recap, like, outside of the Miggy stuff. We'll talk about the performances, et cetera, just recap the weekend at hand. Um, probably talk about Miggy a couple more times because it's my show. I can do what I want. Um and uh, but I, I think we'll also do, uh, you know, we have postseason press conferences to go over as far as the general managers go. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we will then do season review. Right. Like we, I, have a, I have a list. I have a whole list in my notes here. But just like evergreen, like big, you know, like big picture conversations that we get to have. Then we get into offseason mode. We're going to do player reviews. Uh, we're we're going to start talking about, you know, free agency, trade possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so we had a lot of stuff to still talk about, but it starts with tomorrow and that's just recapping the performances from the weekend at hand. Okay. Awesome. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Hope y'all enjoyed the ride. I know I sure did. And, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, baby. Same time, same place. You know, the drill, peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.